Attention anyone looking for hand sanitizer. Sanitizing your hands and surfaces is one of the best ways to fight COVID-19. The FDA recently published new guidelines for the production of hand sanitizer during this public health emergency. Most commonly used hand sanitizers are not compliant. Here's the good news. You can now get the hand sanitizer you're looking for that meets FDA guidelines to fight COVID-19. Introducing Halo CV, one of the first hand sanitizers available in the U.S. that's formulated specifically for COVID-19 and meets both FDA and CDC guidelines. Get yours now at halocv.com. That's H-A-L-O-C-V.com. Halo CV can be used on all surfaces, such as countertops, doorknobs, and shopping carts, in addition to your hands. Made in the USA, Halo CV is formulated specifically for COVID-19. Be safe, stay home, and sanitize your hands and surfaces with Halo CV. Go to halocv.com, and we'll rush your order to you today. That's halocv.com, H-A-L-O-C-V.com. Go to halocv.com. Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen. Our guest is Dr. Moshe Lewis. Uh, not only is he a doctor, he has a master's degree and a uh, an MPH. It's a master of public health. I think he ought to go to, back and get a JD and become an attorney as well. Uh, Dr. Lewis, in your experience, would you say that this is like this being the COVID-19 is, is like the Spanish flu of 1918, and maybe even the bubonic plague or Black Death of the Middle Ages. Sure. I mean, the worldwide impact is certainly something that almost all of us, as short as some of the centurions, have never really seen. We, to be fair, um, would not have expected that this definitely could have occurred in our lifetime. Um, that said, we really need to continue to ramp up the availability of masks, the testing, um, personal protective equipment for people who are on the front lines for sure in healthcare, and our educational efforts. To be honest, we can't do too much of that, um, in part because many people do not have a historic context that they have experienced. Many times when we're teaching history and talking about it with younger people, we realize that's one of the biggest disconnects. If you didn't live through it, if you don't really truly appreciate a severe depression or recession and some of the impact it has, it's very easy to be dismissive of it. And likewise, some people who may feel like we're going a bit overboard um, often don't have that point of reference to be fair. Our closest that's been in more recent times really would be HIV, even more than Ebola and H1N1, because many, many people do know of someone or had a loved one, and certainly around that time, lived through that, that process of what it took for us to figure out what the disease was, how it was diagnosed, and ultimately how it was treated. That took, you know, years. And um, those of us that lived through that, that'd probably be a more recent example of something close that definitely cost many people their lives. I know that some people have said we should have expected some kind of pandemic like this. And that's whether or not it's, you know, it's um, uh, some kind of a uh, conspiracy theory or not. But there have been plans that had been put in action that had been removed and I don't want to be political, I'm trying to be scientific in this, in that we should have been prepared. 
In your opinion, have we been prepared for something like COVID-19? I think that the experts will agree that we're not because we're not seeing a lot of the cohesive response that's necessary. We definitely need to have uh, more masks available for people that are at risk. Um, This is something we've seen other governments recommend um, and do. And it's not just Taiwan. We also know the same thing exists in Hong Kong and Singapore and and many countries that were earlier on the course in terms of being at risk of getting affected because of their proximity to China, obviously. So we have to be able to be honest about that and ideally apologetic because it is true that um, it may be decided to owe this equipment or some of these masks. We don't need you know, millions and millions of them sitting around if they're not going to be used. Savage who all of these have an expiration date and a utility. Um, obviously, the tests that are coming um, online um, would not have already possibly have been able to be developed. A vaccination that's in the work could not have been developed. So there's certainly some things where, for sure, um, we could have done a better job in the past and where there are things right now that we can still do and improve. And as humans, and certainly even as Americans, I think we take pride in our ability to adapt. What can make the conversation controversial is if people see doubt, confusion, or accusations in the midst of the science. Um, The science is that this is a virus that's very deadly. We need to do everything we can to protect people and minimize that risk if we start to steer off into various states or various thoughts that bring that controversy right onto center stage, it distracts from the science of what we need to do. Um, There are many researchers all around the U.S. who are working on the cure, a treatment protocol, and a vaccination, and that's what we need to continue to highlight and support. Likewise, there are many companies around the U.S. and individuals, as we were talking about earlier today, who are sewing masks and making masks and things of that nature, uh, as well as companies that are developing them and manufacturing them, along with other equipment that's needed, and that's what we need to focus on. And I think to the let's take, the let's take a look at, at masks themselves. Um, sure. Uh, uh, I think, Daryl, I think your wife made a number of masks for you, right? Yeah, a variety, but we had some, uh, you know, some of the, the good ones left over from uh, something in the past. So gotcha. we got the, the N95s. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to know. Are are all masks created equal, Dr. Lewis? Right. The simple answer is no. They're trying to reserve the N95 that we keep hearing that, meaning that they've got a, a 95% filtration rate, just so that people understand where that number is coming from in terms of some of the types of um, particles that um, could be harmful for the healthcare workers because it's clear that many of the people presenting to an ER or an intensive care unit or hospital in general are likely um, to not only uh, expose them, but to also be more, more virulent. They may be coughing, they may be sick, they may be dispelling germs. And we've seen that, unfortunately, with some of the deaths of healthcare workers literally around the world in various countries that had higher density. We saw more healthcare workers that passed. So, for the general public who are more than likely asymptomatic carriers at this point, we can presume that that applies to almost everybody around the world. We have to presume that they have it. You are, as you stated early on, and I liked that, trying to really protect any of your germs from being dispelled because they may um, 
sign or realize that you're a carrier. But the bottom line is that most, if not all of us, are, and we have to proceed with that thinking. Along those lines, um, most masks will suffice. With time, we expect that some of the better masks will be more widely available. Um, our dream is that they come online as soon as possible because many people who are definitely on the front lines, driving the trains, delivering food, working in the grocery stores, daycares, and things of that nature, um, need to be able to uh, protect themselves for, for obvious reasons. I know that that I've used a couple of uh, different masks over the last few weeks. Uh, some of them seem to be great, uh, uh, but there are masks for food workers, and there are masks for for hospital workers and 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 healthcare professionals, which one should I buy? If I could buy a hundred masks right now, should I buy one that get the best I can? Yes, and that's what I would say for those that are able or have the means. And again, ideally through honest methods, we would have to encourage that that someone's not taking them from a place that they may work at that that has them the the benefit for one and a few of their friends um, versus the uh, healthcare facility or a food facility or something like that. We need to protect many workers um, from the general public is a, a very big difference. But if you can secure um, the you know higher grade um, safely and appropriately, um, then yes, we we understand and certainly recommend that and support it. Um, but the the higher end ones, the N95s that are being reserved for health workers, um, all public officials are, are asking that the public not try to find indirect routes or dishonest routes to obtain those, understanding that many medical facilities and centers are going to open, um, departments of health have to do testing. In other words, there are a lot of people who will have to be on the front lines of treating the public and interfacing with them, and it's not necessary for, for everybody to have their own stockpile you know, right. of them. And I think uh, the uh, more expensive uh, masks are also washable. We're out of time. It's been years since we've talked. And we look forward to uh, maybe an update in a month, six weeks, as we continue through COVID-19. Our guest has been Dr. Moshe Lewis. He practices up in the San Francisco Bay Area. The name of his company, Golden Gate Institute for Integrative Medicine. And I promise you, he will be back and we will not wait another four years or so. Uh, I'm Mark Allen for uh, Daryl Wayne. We will be back in just a couple of moments. Don't go away and visit us at LateNightHealth.com.
If you're listening to Late Night Health right now, you're part of the growing target of baby boomers we're serving. Hi, I'm Daryl Wayne, producer of Late Night Health, inviting you to join the Late Night Health family. If you have any business targeting the growing boomer market, Late Night Health is the ideal advertising vehicle for you. From vitamins to insurance, alternative health to Western-style medicine, Late Night Health caters to the growing population of those over 40 years old. This vibrant demographic has expendable income to fight aging, purchase travel, take care of aging parents, or just have fun. Find out about the advertising opportunities with Late Night Health. Call us at 805-391-0308. That's 805-391-0308 or email us at info at latenighthealth.com. That's info at latenighthealth.com. Join Late Night Health as we empower people to take charge of their own health care. Call now at 805-391-0308. That's 805-391-0308. Recently, I met Jacqueline from Bright here in Los Angeles. She gave me a hearing exam and then showed me how to hear again with the new Signia Pure Series hearing aids. And she can give you your life back, too. I hear birds chirping, birds cooing, and even my wife. They easily connect to my smartphone. The Signia hearing aids are amazing, and with the charge and go, I don't have to fiddle with batteries and hear all day long. Not hearing is frustrating for you and your family. I know, you don't have a problem, but trust me, call Bright Here Now for a free hearing exam, a $125 value, yours free, just for making an appointment now. There are offices throughout the Los Angeles area. Call Bright here now at 323-424-7100. That's 323-424-7100 for a free hearing exam. There's no obligation. Call now, 323-424-7100, or visit them on the web at brighthere.com. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Words are a critical aspect of success. How you get your point across is a crucial part of what makes anything sell. So do it right and hire a writer. Whether it's articles, blog posts, technical writings, website content, product descriptions, or ghost writing anything from a novel to a nonfiction book about your navel, contact Servette Hassan. If you want it to sell, write it right. Email Servette at Servette at ServetteHassan.com. Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen. Our guest is Dr. Moshe Lewis. Uh, not only is he a doctor, he has a master's degree and a uh, an MPH. It's a master of public health. I think he ought to go to, back and get a JD and become an attorney as well. Uh, Dr. Lewis, in your experience, would you say that this is like this being the COVID-19 is, is like the Spanish flu of 1918, and maybe even the bubonic plague or Black Death of the Middle Ages. Sure. I mean, the worldwide impact is certainly something that almost all of us, as short as some of the centurions, have never really seen. We, to be fair, um, would not have expected that this definitely could have occurred in our lifetime. Um, that said, we really need to continue to ramp up the availability of masks, the testing, um, personal protective equipment for people who are on the front lines, for sure, in healthcare, and our educational efforts. To be honest, we can't do too much of that, um, in part because many people do not have a historic context that they have experienced 
many times when we're teaching history and talking about it with younger people, we realize that's one of the biggest disconnects. If you didn't live through it, if you don't really truly appreciate a severe depression or recession and some of the impact it has, it's very easy to be dismissive of it. And likewise, some people who may feel like we're going a bit overboard um, often don't have that point of reference to be fair. Our closest that's been in more recent times really would be HIV, even more than Ebola and H1N1, because many, many people do know of someone or had a loved one, and certainly around that time, lived through that, that process of what it took for us to figure out what the disease was, how it was diagnosed, and ultimately how it was treated. That took, you know, years. And um, those of us that lived through that, that'd probably be a more recent example of something close that definitely cost many people their lives. I know that some people have said we should have expected some kind of pandemic like this. And that's whether or not it's, you know, it's um, uh, some kind of a uh, conspiracy theory or not. But there have been plans that had been put in action that had been removed. And I don't want to be political. I'm trying to be scientific in this, in that we should have been prepared. In your opinion, have we been prepared for something like COVID-19? I think that the experts will agree that we're not because we're not seeing a lot of the cohesive response that's necessary. We definitely need to have uh, more masks available for people that are at risk. Um, this is something we've seen other governments recommend um, and do. And it's not just Taiwan. We also know the same thing exists in Hong Kong and Singapore and, and many countries that were earlier on the course in terms of being at risk of getting affected because of their proximity to China, obviously. So we have to be able to be honest about that and ideally apologetic because it is true that um, it may be decided to owe this equipment or some of these masks. We don't need you know, millions and millions of them sitting around if they're not going to be used. To have a true, all of these have an expiration date and a utility. Um, obviously, the tests that are coming um, online um, would not have already possibly have been able to be developed. A vaccination that's in the work could not have been developed. So there's certainly some things where, for sure, um, we could have done a better job in the past and where there are things right now that we can still do and improve. And as humans, and certainly even as Americans, I think we take pride in our ability to adapt. What can make the conversation controversial is if people see doubt, confusion, or accusations in the midst of the science. Um, the science is that this is a virus that's very deadly. We need to do everything we can to protect people and minimize that risk if we start to steer off into various states or various thoughts that bring that controversy right onto center stage. It distracts from the science of what we need to do. Um, there are many researchers all around the U.S. who are working on the cure, a treatment protocol, and a vaccination, and that's what we need to continue to highlight and support. Likewise, there are many companies around the U.S. and individuals, as we were talking about earlier today, who are sewing masks and making masks and things of that nature, uh, as well as companies that are developing them and manufacturing them, along with other equipment that's needed, and that's what we need to focus on. Let's take let's take a look at at masks themselves. 
Um, sure. Uh, uh, I think, Daryl, I think your wife made a number of masks for you, right? Yeah, a variety, but we had some, uh, you know, some of the the good ones left over from uh, something in the past. So gotcha. we got the, the N95s. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to know. Are, are all masks created equal, Dr. Lewis? Right. The simple answer is no. They're trying to reserve the N95 that we keep hearing that, meaning that they've got a, a 95% filtration rate, just so that people understand where that number is coming from, in terms of some of the types of um, particles that um, could be harmful for the healthcare workers, because it's clear that many of the people presenting to an ER or an intensive care unit or hospital in general are likely um, to not only uh, expose them, but to also be more, more virulent. They may be coughing, they may be sick, they may be dispelling germs. And we've seen that, unfortunately, with some of the deaths of the healthcare workers literally around the world in various countries that had higher density. We saw more healthcare workers that passed. So for the general public who are more than likely asymptomatic carriers at this point, we can presume that that applies to almost everybody around the world. We have to presume that they have it. You are, as you stated early on, and I liked that, trying to really protect any of your germs from being dispelled because they may... Um, you may not have any sign or realize that you're a carrier, but the bottom line is that most, if not all of us are, and we have to proceed with that thinking. Along those lines, um, most masks will suffice. With time, we expect that some of the better masks will be more widely available. Um, our dream is that they come online as soon as possible because many people who are definitely on the front lines, driving the trains, delivering food, working in the grocery stores, daycares, and things of that nature, um, need to be able to uh, protect themselves for, for obvious reasons. I know that that I've used a couple of uh, different masks over the last few weeks. Uh, some of them seem to be great, uh, uh, but there are masks for food workers, and there are masks for for hospital workers and 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 healthcare professionals, which one should I buy? If I could buy a hundred masks right now, should I buy one that get the best I can? Yes, and that's what I would say for those that are able or have the means. And again, ideally through honest methods, we would have to encourage that that someone's not taking them from a place that they may work at that that has them the the benefit for one and a few of their friends um, versus the healthcare facility or a food facility or something like that. We need to protect many workers um, from the general public is a, a very big difference. But if you can secure um, the you know, higher grade um, safely and appropriately, um, then yes, we, we understand and certainly recommend that and support it. Um, but the, the higher end ones, the N95s that are being reserved for health workers, um, all public officials are, are asking that the public not try to find indirect routes or dishonest routes to obtain those, understanding that many medical facilities and centers are going to open, um, departments of health have to do testing. In other words, there are a lot of people who will have to be on the front lines of treating the public and interfacing with them, and it's not necessary for, for everybody to have their own stockpile you know, right. of them. And I think uh, the uh, more expensive uh, masks are also washable. We're out of time. It's been years since we've talked, 
and we look forward to uh, maybe an update in a month, six weeks, as we continue through COVID-19. Our guest has been Dr. Moshe Lewis. He practices up in the San Francisco Bay Area. The name of his company, Golden Gate Institute for Integrative Medicine. And I promise you, he will be back and we will not wait another four years or so. Uh, I'm Mark Allen for Daryl Wayne. We will be back in just a couple of moments. Don't go away and visit us at LateNightHealth.com. Late Night Health is proud of our partnership with the EBC, the Evolutionary Business Council. Check them out at ebcouncil.com. You're listening to Late Night Health with Mark Allen. The show continues in a moment. There's a lot of talk all over the internet about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Greska's Carbon 60 is the premium Carbon 60, developed by an aerospace and NASA scientist. 95% of Greska's customers report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Imagine more energy, better health, and more vitality. It's very bioavailable to quickly mend toxin cripple cells. This is a super powerful antioxidant. Bob Greska is so confident that you'll love his Carbon 60, he wants to send you a bottle at 50% off the regular price to see how life-changing this will be for you. Call 720-600-6040. That's 720-600-6040. Visit c-60.com to learn more. Call 720-600-6040 now or visit c-60.com. 